You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to uh, the first free agency recap day here on the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today, boy, we have a lot to go over, so let's dive right into it. I'm your host, your pal, and the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. It's also Twitter Tuesday, so I've got a couple of questions from you, but obviously we're going to spend most of the show on news, be a lighter mailbag today. And if you ask a question, uh, I'll probably get around to it next week, kind of put it in the in the, the old reserve. So thank you all to uh, everybody who sent in questions. So we are going to cover, obviously, the big signing, which is Dalvin Tomlinson, the uh, nose tackle to the Vikings. They also signed Nick Vigil and Rashad Hill. We'll talk about those. We'll talk a little bit about kind of what they intend to do with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and, and trying to make that move make sense, because obviously it, it feels like a redundancy with Michael Pierce. Um, there also was a really interesting Daniil Hunter article Chad Graff published that added on a little bit to what Chad Graff said about the Daniil Hunter situation when he came on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, I- I'm going to defer that because I feel like I would rush it and I, I want to talk about that another time. So we might get to that tomorrow or later in the week. So just, you know, stick around, keep an eye out. Um, there's also some other rumors going around that, at least as of this recording, which is now at, at completely degenerate hour because of when all of this news broke. So uh, thanks, Rick, for, for ruining my sleep cycle. But uh, let's do the little stuff first, I guess. So the Vikings signed uh, the first thing they did on Monday was sign Rashad Hill, who they were worried about losing him to unrestricted free agency. Um, he played on a tender in 2020, so he was an unrestricted free agent now. So they they signed him back. And it sounds like he, he qualifies for something called a four-year qualifying contract. This is a weird thing that you may not have heard of because it does not come up a lot. And the reason it doesn't come up a lot is because the four-year qualifying contract, like its title suggests, To qualify for it, you need to be on the same team for four years. And if you're on the same team for four years, most of the time, if that team wants to extend you, it's going to be for a bigger deal than the four-year qualifying contract. So in the salary cap, this is going to go really deep. So if you uh, don't care about that, you just know this. Rashad Hill is coming back. It's likely going to count for the minimum salary uh, against the salary cap. Rashad Hill himself is going to get more money than that because of weird cap stuff. Uh, If you care about what that weird cap stuff is, stick around for a bit. If not, you can fast forward a couple minutes. We'll talk about Nick Vigil and Dalvin Tomlinson later in the show. So one of the things that a team can offer a player is called paragraph five salary. And you know this as the minimum salary. Depending on how many years you've been in the league, the minimum is set, you know, for one year, it's this much for two years, it's that much etc. For the four to six year range, so what this would be, it's $990,000, I think. So that's the minimum salary. And you can say, hey, we will pay you the the least amount of salary possible, right? And of course, somebody would go outbid that. So Rashad Hill would never say yes to that. But the four-year qualifying contract is essentially an exemption that you get where you can actually pay him up to $1.25 million more than that minimum, but it only counts for that minimum 
against the salary cap. So for the Vikings, they are offering him $990,000. For Rashad Hill, he's saying yes to, that's $2.15 million. So like a lot more money. And if another team wanted to come and outbid the Vikings, they would have to outbid $2.15 million. So if they came on and said, you know, hey, $1.5 million, that's better than that minimum salary. Rashad Hill would want to say no to that because the Vikings offer actually gives him more in cash. I, the reasoning for this rule probably has something to do with, you know, both the, the players union, uh, the players association and the, the NFL kind of wanting to encourage teams to or players to stay with the same team and for teams to want to stay with the same player. Obviously, it's better for all parties when somebody gets to kind of have their whole career in one place. And it's, you know, those players that like don't necessarily uh, demand gigantic contracts on the market. So the Vikings can outbid a team that's bidding like $2 million and have it count for less than half of that on the salary cap. And that's probably what Rashad Hill is going to get here. I didn't see that confirmed for sure. He he might get a different deal and maybe the Vikings did have to genuinely outbid or whatever. But I have a feeling that's what we're going to see. And in terms of actually bringing Rashad Hill back, it's an important thing, right? I I don't think there are some people that are positing that Rashad Hill might start. He might get a chance to start. It might be one of those things where he and Ezra Cleveland like compete in training camp or something like that. I can see something like that happening. I know Matthew Collar is really, really high on him. He wrote a piece that he keeps linking. I'll link it again in the show notes to about Rashad Hill and the work that he's done and how he's kind of improved since last time he took significant snaps. And he did play very well in 2020 when he had to go in. Um, But I think as a backup, he fits a little bit better than he would as like a true bona fide starter. Now, listen, if he could go into camp and and play at a starting level and Ezra Cleveland ends up at guard or whatever, like there's a, a world where this looks really, really smart. And this like kind of developmental tackle that's been waiting in the wings for all these years is finally ready to, you know, crack out of his cocoon and spread his wings. Uh, maybe. Um, I personally, I want to, you know, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but Caller makes a pretty good argument. So if you're interested in more of that, you know, you can read that and that's that's linked in the show notes. Um, and the other small time move, I guess, that they made was to sign linebacker Nick Vigil, who's a, a Paul Gunther guy. He's been with Paul Gunther um, through most of their time in Cincinnati together. And then he played one season with the Chargers. So he's... Um, not been good. He's been he, he's taken some snaps as a backup. He played basically as a backup in the uh, with the Chargers. He was a starter for Paul Gunther in Cincinnati. Um, and and it's been pretty bad across the board. Not great in coverage. Not great against the run. Not a big blitzer. Anything like that. He's a depth guy, and he's treated like a depth guy. He signed a one million dollar deal. That's somebody that's barely over the minimum that they could sign him for. So it seems like one of those things where you know Paul Gunther got hashtag his guy. And, you know, he'll come in and try to make the team and all that. But this is to me, it kind of reads like the Weatherly signing in that like this is a guy that's like at best depth and at worst, he doesn't make the team. And and the Vikings contract wise, if you see if you look at the contract like an indicator of the way the Vikings feel about it, they probably agree with that assessment as well. Um, but he is good. He's on the team and he's worth mentioning real quick. But I want to talk. I want to spend a lot of time on, on Dalvin Tomlinson. So let's move on to that. But first, hey, you know, Selection Sunday was on Sunday and March Madness is coming up and and basketball is in full swing and the MLB is in spring training, all that. So it's time to get your grambles in. And there is one place to go for that. That is betonline.ag. They have all the news and odds and scores and everything you need. You can bet on all the sports you want, NFL futures. If you're really feeling it, if you want to take advantage of some free agency ups and downs and see if you can't find some value, Uh, but also, you know, awards like the Oscars coming up and and reality TV and all kinds of crazy stuff. You can find that over at betonline.ag. You can and sign up for free on your computer, on your mobile device, and enter promo code LOCKED ON. That's all one word, LOCKED ON. 
and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means that if you deposit $500 on your very first deposit, you get $750 ultimately total to play with. So make sure you enter that promo code locked on. When you first sign up on your first deposit, you get a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. The Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and a handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, has you covered for everything you need to figure out how to navigate your way through the wild world of Grambling, especially at times like right now with March Madness. Maybe you didn't watch college basketball all year, but you still want to get in on the action. Listen to Locked on Bets. They'll get you covered with daily locks, wrong team favored, blowout specials, picks, and everything else you need. That's Locked on Bets, available wherever you find this show. So let's talk about Dalvin Tomlinson. This is probably going to be the splash free agent signing of the Vikings offseason. If they made another splashier one, I'd be pretty surprised. Um, And this is it's a weird one. It's kind of a difficult one to get your head wrapped around because he is a nose tackle. Dalvin Tomlinson, he played for the New York Giants. He plays defensive tackle. Um, He has been really, really good for them as a disruptive, like zero technique, one technique type. He's played a lot of three technique. I mean, he's an interior guy and he's played kind of all over that interior. So there's a lot of sample on either side of things. And I'm actually going to, uh, just because this is such an immediate reaction to the Dalvin Tomlinson news, I'm definitely going to maybe follow up on it uh, later on in the week on this show. I'm going to write an article later in the week is later on in the week as well about this because I think I just need to process it a little more. But here's the instant reaction. Tomlinson is known as a run stuffer and the Vikings run defense was Charmin Ultra Soft. I think I say that every time. It was soft. They seeded a lot of ground at the line of scrimmage. They were really bad in their gap discipline, and you ended up with these gaudy performances like what Alvin Kamara did on Christmas, like what Ezekiel Elliott did when he came to U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, and I believe the, the Titans game also had some of this. The Colts game had some of this. So they they lost games because of their run defense. Like, that is indisputable. And a lot of the run defense problems were also caused by injuries, so there is some argument to be had for or, well, maybe that would have just kind of resolved itself if Michael Pearson and Neil Hunter and Anthony Barr come back, right? And Kendricks even at the end of the season, too. And, like, sure, maybe. But this is a move that is kind of pointed at that run defense. And, by the way, the run defense, when it was healthy in 2019, had plenty of issues as well. That's kind of why they lost that San Francisco playoff game. And I don't really think that they fixed the problem that led to that. But the Vikings have a really interesting schematic reason to go for Dalvin Tomlinson. Because, obviously, you're thinking, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, well, he's run-stuffing. Don't we have one of those? Like, that's Michael Pearson right? And even that's Shamar Stefan. And as an aside, I, I, it's really hard to justify Shamar Stefan being on the roster at this point. Uh, he could save $3 million of his $5 million salary if he's cut. And at, at this point, I don't know what role he plays that Dalvin Tomlinson doesn't just do but better. And as a rotational role, like if he's just there to spell Dalvin Tomlinson is really expensive for just a rotational guy. And, and that $3 million could definitely help to uh, free up some extra space. Because after this and, and the contract that he's signed, the Vikings Vikings are going to need a little bit more space, and there's some rumors coming up a little bit later that we'll talk about for how they're going to do that, but I think Shamar Stefan would be a pretty good option. The contract for Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, if he is just Shamar Stefan but better, is a two-year, $22 million deal, so that's an average of 11 a year. It's not quite uh, divvied up that way. He makes a, I think, $15 million signing bonus, which means that's 7.5 and 7.5 uh, 
divided across either year. He gets 16 million in cash up front, which means there is 1 million left over. That'll be his base salary. So he makes a $1 million base salary, $7.5 million in signing bonus for an $8.5 million cap hit in 2021. And then the other 13.5 goes into 2022. So he's making $8.5 million this year in 2021, which eats up most of the Vikings cap space that they have made so far. I think over the cap hasn't updated with the bar restructure, which I think saved like two and a half million or something like that. Um, and some of the other things that have gone around. So I'm not quite sure where they stand exactly cap wise, but I know it's close to the limit. So and, and I know that they're looking to make more cap space. But schematically, this is what's really interesting. And this is something maybe I want to circle back to when I have a little bit more time. Um, what are they doing? <laughs> this is really weird, right? They have all these defensive tackles and none of them are three technique like penetrators, you know, the the Sharif Floyd type of player that Mike Zimmer had so much success with. They've, they haven't had a, a true three technique on the roster in like three years now. It's either nose tackles or edge rushers playing on the inside. So, so what's the deal with that? And I think they're trying this double nose tackle thing. And this is something that the Giants actually did with Dalvin Tomlinson when he was over there with Dexter Lawrence. They'd put the two next to, to each other. They would shore up the interior. And when you shore up the interior, you can play a little bit more too high. So really, that's the key. The key is too high coverage, which means too high safeties. That's cover two, cover four. And those coverages are better against the NFL meta I guess right now it's better against wide zone schemes like the ones uh, the Vikings and the Packers and the Browns and the Titans and the Falcons will all run. And it's better against a lot of the uh, four verts type things, you know, offenses like the Chiefs. It's just a, a better suited defense right now. But the advantage of something like cover three, like single high, is that you can get a little more help against the run game with that other safety. You can put that safety in the box and it helps make the, uh, the run game numbers better in your favor. You won't give up as many nine yard runs which ended up being a huge problem for the Vikings, who played a ton of too high in 2020. They had to lighten out that box, and they didn't have players that could handle the new, more difficult run defense assignment. And so people would put up 150 yards on them, and, and they would never get the ball back right, and they would be able to run out clock, and every game was, you know, six drives and you'd lose. So the solution that somebody like Patrick Graham in New York had a lot of success with, and I think the Vikings are trying to emulate and tried to emulate a little bit for the last couple of years, is to just put two nose tackles on the interior and say, screw you, you are not running up the middle with these two guys. Now that's going to sacrifice a lot of pass rush. You got to ask if that's worth it. But in kind of lieu of pass rush, now you can play too high more often. And hopefully that makes you or generates enough successful plays against the pass to make up for the lack of pass rush. And it's overall a profitable thing, not to mention makes you a little better in the run. That can't hurt either. The problem is what do you do on third down, third and long situations where, listen, Mike Zimmer's been like one of the best third and long defenses. He's always had a, an elite third and long defense. Even in 2020, they were pretty good on third and long because Zimmer does awesome blitz stuff and, and he's really creative with all that stuff. And that's kind of where his full like brain can just pour out onto the field and he can do all sorts of totally insane stuff. Dalvin Tomlinson probably won't be part of that. In the past in New York, he was taken off on, I think, like 90% of third downs. Arif Hassan was tweeting a lot about this. and That was one of the stats he tweeted out. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes for the exact number if you're interested. Um, and I, I imagine Michael Pierce is not going to be a three down rusher. So both of your defensive tackles come off in third and long situations who replaces them. They're probably just going to go with the oops, all edge rushers strategy again, which is what they did before. Where it was like Hercules Mata Afa and they had, you know, they'll probably have Stephen Weatherly uh, rush from inside, which is something that they did in the past with him. Um, if they bring back a Fadio Denebo, which I'm not sure what the deal is with that tender, but 
largely that's what they've done since it was like Brian Robeson standing up and rushing against a guard and trying to be like quicker than they are strong and get around him and get pressure on third and long, right? And then you can do weird blitz packages from there. That's probably the plan. And that's basically the plan that they've deployed for the last couple of years. So here's, I guess, my take is that this is a double down on that philosophy. And it seems to be... a little bit the the next wave of the NFL, and I think the Vikings are probably one of the first five teams on it, and I think other teams are going to follow, so for that, I guess, sure, that's fine, um, but does this double-nose thing actually work the way that I described it? Does that actually bear out? And that's the question I can't answer yet, so I guess I had just have to circle back to that one, but we got a lot of time before the season. Hopefully, I'll be able to get to it. So we still got a mailbag and some rumors I want to talk about, but first I want to ask you, do you know how to change your oil? Do you have like a good dipstick? Because do you even know what your your car even came with? If you don't, or maybe you want to get a new one or your other one's like worn or broken or something, or or you can't read it the way you want. If you're the kind of person that knows how to change their own oil, but you want to make sure you're getting the best deal on oil, that's the whole deal, right? Is you, instead of going and paying, you know, 50, 60 bucks to have somebody change it for you like a mechanic, you can always go just buy the oil yourself, watch a YouTube tutorial and learn. But there's a lot of scary stuff about that. How do you know which oil is right for your car? What happens if you put in the wrong one? How do you know if you're putting the right thing in? That's where Rock Auto can help you. If you go to rockauto.com, they have a really expansive catalog, and they can uh, you can enter your year, your make, and your model, and they can help you sort through all of that nonsense so you don't have to spend all this time researching motor oil brands. They'll sort out the ones that are compatible with your car, and you're going to get a discount because they don't upsell their retail customers like brick-and-mortar auto shops do. So head on over to rockauto.com, again, your make, model, and they'll handle everything for you. Even if you don't know all that stuff, they can still help you out. That's at rockauto.com. And at checkout, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you, because if you don't, I'm going to have to take a fully guaranteed deal with no trade clause with the Houston Texans. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We're also still doing Built Madness here. If you haven't been paying attention, we're doing a little bracket on what is the best Built Bar flavor. This was uh, this originated in the DMs of Locked On NFL, where we are still raging on and arguing about this. This is a heated thing. We talk about this more than free agency. It's insane. But today is coconut almond versus peanut butter brownie. The coconut, the great coconut wars of 2021 are on. If you are a big coconut fan, know that there is a crusade going against coconut right now. And personally, I, I can't say no to peanut butter brownies. So that's what I'd vote for. But if you want to vote, go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built. And also you can enter promo code locked on 15. That's locked on one five, all one word to get 15% off of your next order of Built Bar. So head on over to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. Get some today. Are you ready for the NFL Draft? You can join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app wherever you get your podcasts. So there's a couple other rumors uh, on top of the actual stuff that happened. Rashad Hill, Nick Vigil, Davin Tomlinson. Uh, Let's talk about some of the rumors that are going on right now that, hey, maybe they even came to fruition as you are listening to this. Um, The big one to me, Doogie dropped this bomb. Darren Wolfson uh, for KSTP dropped this bomb kind of late at night, so you might have missed it. They are making a push to bring Anthony Harris back. Obviously, that would be huge. The money would probably be pretty big, so it's interesting to see how they would make that money. Uh, But, you know, having a safety that doesn't need to learn new coverage shells and doesn't need to learn the communication, has chemistry with Harrison Smith, and all that really important communicative stuff we talk about on defense all the time, that would be huge. And it's just a matter of how much you believe his 2020 self was him for real, and how much you believe was an anomaly versus 
versus the last like three years, right? And we've talked a lot about how his role kind of hid a lot of the things he did well and didn't give him a lot of the same opportunities to excel and didn't highlight his skill set. So we, we would have to talk about that as well. Some other rumors, they were in on a lot of players over the day, but they missed out on a lot. And that's kind of how it goes. Uh, you know, they missed out on Carl Lawson, Joe Thune. They wanted those guys. They're in on Shaquille Griffin, which I find fascinating. Um, I, I don't know a lot about him as a corner right now. He seems like he would be fine, but with Obviously, I'd look into him a little bit more if the Vikings brought him in. But either way, it looks like they are trying to really throw some money around here. They might not be done with just Dalvin Tomlinson. So maybe what I said earlier about him being the biggest splash signing, that might turn out to be wrong. And we'll, we'll have to see. So I got a little bit of time here left at the end of the show. And I want to make sure we get to some mailbag stuff. It is a Twitter Tuesday after all, and I don't want to neglect that. If you did send in a question and I don't get to it, I'm sorry. But no, it is in the reserves and I might get around to it sometime later. So make sure you come back on other Tuesdays. Uh, the first one comes from Daniel Chase, who asked about the four-year minimum qualifying contract, which we talked about earlier. And also, if neither is signed, who do you prefer out of William Jackson and Shaquille Griffin? He also asked about Carl Lawson and Trey Hendrickson. They have been signed since you asked that. Uh, but between William Jackson and Shaquille Griffin, I prefer William Jackson. I think he's just a more consistent corner. Um, and, and I'd rather have consistent than flashy when it comes to corners. I think William Jackson is a little underrated, honestly, as a corner. Nick Howard asks, if we sign guys in free agency and they don't make the 53-man roster, what counts against the cap? So this actually works in a, a pretty complex way. This is a really good question. Uh, so if you sign somebody in free agency and you don't guarantee any money to them, something like I think what Nick Vigil got or something like most of uh, St Stephen Weatherly's contract, then nothing counts against the cap. You just it just uh, becomes cap space and it'll roll over next year if you don't end up using it. Um, if you do guarantee money or if you give them a signing bonus, let's say you give them a $1 million signing bonus on a $5 million contract and the rest of it's unguaranteed. So the 1 million signing bonus is the only guaranteed money. If they end up not making the team, because it's after June 1st, it works like a June 1st cut, which means whatever you would have owed this year, you pay this year and whatever you owe uh, on top of that in signing bonus, you pay next year. So let's say it were it was a, a $3 million signing bonus over three years. Something goes horrifically wrong. They don't make the team. You would have paid $1 million this year, $1 million next year, and $1 million the year after that, right? So you still pay $1 million this year like normal. And then next year, all of the rest of the dead cap accelerates. So you would pay $2 million next year. And the year after that, he'd be totally off the books. That's how it works if you uh, get signed in free agency and don't make the 53-man roster. It's exactly like the June first cut thing that we talk about a lot of the times when we're trying to figure out ways to save cap space. And the last one comes from Kai, who asks, what was your second favorite slash best subject in school after math, of course? And yes, math was, I don't know if it was my favorite. It was definitely the one I was best at. Um, but I think my favorite was history. And I even bring up history sometimes on this show because I'm just such a nerd about it. I, I love like hardcore history with Dan Carlin. If you're a history fan, you haven't gone and done that and you want uh, something that's more like an audiobook and less like a podcast, that is definitely uh, for you, but it's really long. It's kind of a commitment. A lot of his best things, the one about uh, the Romans is one about World War One. Um, he's doing one about the uh, Japanese in World War Two, which is, is really awesome. All of those are really, really great. 
But I, I always loved history, both uh, like U.S., you know, America-centric world history, but also world history. I don't know if you could tell if for loyal listeners that are around in the summer, I love storytelling and I, and I love being told stories. And, and to me, history always felt like story time, even back when I was a kid. I mean, especially when I was like a kid in elementary school and I was all about like George Washington and his cherry tree and stuff. But even as a high schooler, when it got more nitty gritty, I still found it fascinating about like, oh, so this is how like the economy started and this is why that war happened and all of that. I, I find all of that really fascinating. And to me, it, it's just as fun as sitting around the campfire and somebody's, you know, telling you a fun story. So that was always my favorite. So that's all we're going to do today on uh, Locked on Vikings. I'm going to circle around with Dalvin Tomlinson think I think schematically that's fascinating. Putting two nose tackles in so that you can take a safety out of the box and play more high safety, which is going to be better against the pass. I, I think that's fascinating to see if it'll work out in Minnesota the way that it worked out in New York. And at Brandon Staley in Los Angeles with the Rams did this some too, and he got a head coaching job out of it. So I, I think that is really fascinating. And of course, there's a lot more that's going to happen. So we're going to keep covering it. And I hope you stick around for all that. In the meantime, you can always find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. See y'all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.